As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. The Athletic. Hi folks, welcome to another episode of the Athletic FPL Podcast. I'm Mark McGettigan, you'll find me on Twitter at FPL General. Happy New Year to you all. Let's hope FPL is a much easier and enjoyable game to play in 2022 with less postponements and more green arrows. Game Week 21 is still in progress at the time of recording with Southampton facing Brentford tonight. I'm hoping for a hat-trick from Armando Broja while West Ham play their second match of the double game week on Wednesday night at home to Norwich with lots of managers owning the likes of Bowen and Antonio as well as a West Ham defender which didn't go too well in the first game. I'm hoping for a goal, clean sheet and all three bonus points from the mighty Craig Dawson. Once those games are done, it's time for a double Game Week 22, which has a Friday deadline, 90 minutes before the Brighton Crystal Palace game kicks off. Eight teams have a double Game Week, which are Chelsea, Manchester United, Tottenham, Leicester, Brighton, Watford, Brentford and Burnley. As always, be patient this week with your transfers. There's no point making them until we have as much information as possible, which is after Friday's press conferences. In addition to the two remaining games in Game Week 21, Tottenham, Chelsea, Liverpool and Arsenal are all in action in the EFL Cup on Wednesday night and Thursday night, which could result in player injuries. On today's episode, I'll run through the Game Week 21 shoutouts. We've got two members to the club and a very special shoutout for a certain team. Do a quick Game Week review, update the watch list, answer Twitter questions and discuss the double Game Week captaincy and transfers. If you'd like to become an Athletic subscriber, use the following link, theathletic.com forward slash FPL pod, to avail of the latest discount offer for new subscribers. Welcome to the 59th Minute Club again, Luka Milivojevic from Crystal Palace. Milivojevic joins Ashley Young as the second player to get two shoutouts this season. So the race is on between those two to get the first ever hat-trick of 59th minute appearances. So keep an eye on those two in particular for the rest of the season. 
Also, a warm welcome to the club, to Manchester United's Mason Greenwood. It's been a disappointing few weeks for him and his Manchester United teammates. And to rub salt in the wounds, Greenwood now joins the club that nobody wants to be in. Midweek and at the weekend, keep an eye on those clocks for the dreaded substitution. A very special mention to Arsenal. This is one of my favourite tweets I've seen ever on Twitter. I'm just going to read it out to you. Arsenal have been charged by the FA for failing to control their players during Saturday's defeat versus Manchester City. It is alleged that Arsenal failed to ensure its players conducted themselves in an orderly fashion during the 59th minute. So that made me feel great when I read that one. So a warm welcome. I guess I have to welcome all 11 players from the Arsenal team that were on the pitch at the time into the club. So welcome Arsenal. Looking at the minutes for players in Game 21 so far. Gabriel at Arsenal got his red card in the 58th minute. So it was all, almost an epic shout out. He got himself a minus three in the process. Veltman at Brighton just about made it to 60. And he's had a 58 before. So he's dicing with death. Surely Veltman will be joining the club very soon. At West Ham, Ben Johnson owners, close your ears now. Substituted at half time, 45 minutes, yellow card and a zero pointer. So hopefully he does better for you in the second game. Lamptey, who was on the bench, came on and played 29 minutes. So his minutes continued to be managed. On to midfielder Smith-Rowe, again on the bench, just 19 minutes for Arsenal. He's no longer an option. Odegaard, who started the game, managed just 62 minutes. So those two are probably going to continue to share game time. I think there's better options at Arsenal. Players like Saka and Martinelli, and I think even Tierney now is better than those two. Bruno Fernandes, surprisingly on the bench for Manchester United, played just 30 minutes, but I don't think that will happen again. Gundogan, whose minutes have dropped off big time in the last few weeks, just 27 minutes for the Manchester City man, which kind of kills him off as an option as well. And finally, up front, Dennis, substituted at half-time with some kind of knock. Missed the FA Cup game, but Ranieri has said he expects him to be okay for the double game week. So keep an eye on Ranieri's comments on Thursday or Friday on Dennis if you have him or if you're thinking about buying him. A quick review of the game week so far. Still two games to go. I'm on a green arrow already, which is good. I've gone from 16k to 14k and I've got Broja, Dawson, Captain Bowen and Antonio to play. So not having Leicester or Everton players, is going to play into my favour. Should be a pretty healthy green arrow. If things go really well for me, I might even get into the top 10k for the first time this season. So fingers crossed for that. 43 points. I resisted the urge to take hits for double game week players because I thought it was a pretty boring double game week, which didn't appeal to me too much. So I just did Reese James to Dawson with the free transfer. The good and the bad. The good, Bowen so far as captain is on 10 with a game to go. Antonio with seven, Son with six, but unfortunately injured now. Bad timing with the double game week coming up for Spurs. Bernardo with five, Jota with five, and Trent with four. The bad, Ramsdale with just one, but Ramsdale can do no wrong this season. I don't mind the odd one-pointer from him, given how good he's been. Dawson, just one point in the first game. Hopefully it's better in the second. Cancelo, two. Ronaldo, two. And I had Alonso on the bench with six, but I never was going to start him against Liverpool.
A watch list update now. I'll do players removed first because there's only one this week. James Ward-Price from Southampton had a very brief spell on the watch list. I thought Southampton would have a double game week this week. They don't now. So for that reason, Ward-Price is out. I only like him if I'm going to bring him in for a double game week. So until that is the case, he won't be coming into my FPL team. Players added this week, they are all double game week 22 players, as you would expect. I've added Ben Davis from Tottenham. I think he's about 4.5 million. I think he's as nailed as the other Tottenham defenders. I've already got Regulon and Emerson Royale, who I obviously prefer because they're more attacking wingbacks. But I do think Davis is a good option if you can't afford one of the more expensive wingbacks. I've added Loughton reluctantly from Burnley just because they've got a double game week and they've got so many fixtures to come but it's probably a lot of two pointers to come for the likes of Loughton and Taylor so Loughton added to the watch list just because of the number of extra fixtures he's got a bit more attacking threat than Charlie Taylor but I can't see myself buying him but you know double game weeks these kind of players find their way onto the watch list and very quickly Loughton will probably find his way back off it next week I've added Cucurella from Brighton, who I really like as a double game week option. He's 5.1 million. He's very attacking. And most importantly, he is very, very good in the bonus point system. I watched a very good podcast this week on YouTube. I shared it on my Twitter accounts from the guys at Above Average FPL. I'm hoping I'm getting the name of that podcast right. They're going to they're gonna murder me if I've got it wrong there. But anyway, go to my Twitter scroll down a wee bit and you'll find it i retweeted it excellent podcast on it's it's a deep dive into the bonus point system and there were some very very interesting takeaways from that and one of them was that cucurella is a bonus points monster so check that one out cucurella if you're looking to buy a brighton defender i would probably try and find the cash to get him over the rotation risk lamptey yeah, Cucurella plays every week, bombs forwards, does well in the bonus, and Brighton are a good defensive team as well. I was having a look on FB Ref this morning, off the top of my head, I think Brighton are the third best team for XGA this season. Trossard from Brighton also added. I like Trossard. I always like Trossard as a short-term punt. I never really want to own him long-term, but because Brighton have a double game week, I might be looking for a punt in one of my midfield positions just for one game week. And Trossard fits the bill for that one. Even though one of the games is against Chelsea, which is not ideal. I like Trossard for double gaming 22. I've also added Tielemans, a player who wouldn't usually be on my watch list. Madison is already there. I do prefer Madison when it comes to the Leicester midfielders. But Tielemans going to be on penalties probably while Vardy is out. Doesn't offer too much from open play. But when... A penalty taker has two fixtures. I definitely consider them. And that's why I've also added Jorginho to the watch list. These are all players, if I was to buy them, Trossard, Tielemans, Jorginho, it would be a one-week punt. And then I would probably move them to Foden the week after. So Jorginho, Tielemans, Trossard, all there as possible midfield punts for the double game week. Jorginho, another player from that excellent podcast, if he scores, he's almost guaranteed to get you two or three bonus points. Chris Wood, final player added. Like Loughton, very reluctantly added him to the watch list. Wood has only scored three goals this season. There's been some tweets this week linking him possibly with a move away. I've seen a few tweets linking him with Newcastle, although I've probably been linked with Newcastle at this stage, as has everyone else. So Chris Wood, again, 
unlikely to buy him. I'm looking to buy a Watford striker this week rather than Chris Woods. He's on the watch list, like Loughton, probably won't be there for very long. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. Twitter questions now. Thanks as always to everyone who sent them in. First one is from Stevo. With Son out injured and Salah at the African Cup of Nations, is it worth free heading for the double game week coming up? Maybe going with the likes of Kane up front? Or should we save both free hits for later. So yeah, I think a lot of this does depend on whether you've got one free hit left or two. Definitely, I think if you've only got one free hit chip, I think you keep it for later. You keep it for the unknown. You keep it for a big blank game week that might only have three or four fixtures. Or you keep it for a bigger double game week later. I think Ben Krellin reckons game week 36 should have at least five teams with a double game week. So, And probably with better fixtures than this one. So in terms of... The free hits, I don't love it, given that we're still seeing postponements. You could free hit a great team, and if you lose one or two fixtures, your free hit chip could be wasted. I think a lot of teams are at least in a decent position going into the double game week with you know Liverpool players who've got a good fixture. A lot of people have West Ham players as well because of, of the last double game week, and they've got a good fixture against Leeds. If you sprinkle in you know two, three, four players on top of that that have a double game week I think I would just write it out even if it means maybe taking a minus four or a minus eight I think that's better than using the free hit chip it's, it's, I think it's going to be another underwhelming double game week and I do think the free hits will be more powerful and more useful later you know in particular it, it's a get out of jail free card and when it comes to those blank game weeks where there might only be four fixtures in a game week you know eight teams playing that's when I think free hit can be very useful. Also, free hit give me 27 is looking like an option because at the moment, Liverpool and Arsenal don't have fixtures that week. So personally, I've got two Liverpool at the moment. I've got two Arsenal. I've got Ramsdale and Martinelli. I'm going to be getting Salah back in the near future. So that's five players that I won't have playing straight away in give me 27. So I'm looking at possibly using my first free hit in give me 27 and then you know, the second one later in the season for unknown. Again, this is all very early thinking as things can change. But yeah, I'm not too keen on, on the free hit this week if your team is in any way decent shape. You've got to remember if your team's a mess this week and you free hit, your team's still going to be a mess for the following game week. So I think a few hits is probably better. Question from Scootle. Is it mad to use the second wildcard this week? Used my free hit last week and it failed miserably with the Everton-Leicester game being called off. So I think the first point to make here is don't base your wildcard decision this week on what happened last week. You know, last week is gone. That free hit's gone. Forget about it. Uh, but don't let that negative experience, you know, make you more likely to play the wildcard this week. I think wildcard this week is tricky as well because everything is a little bit uncertain at the moment. 
you know, things do keep changing. And I would find it very hard to confidently pick a wildcard squad that I can say is still going to look great in three or four weeks' time. You could you could build a great wildcard squad this week. You could absolutely smash the double game week. But going going forward, if there's a few more postponements, you know, things can get quite messy very quickly. So I'm not keen on chips at the moment. I'm not keen on the second wildcard. What I have seen a few teams this week that you you, do, you can certainly make a strong case for the second wildcard. Some teams are, are, are a mess at the moment. There's loads of flags. But just remember, a lot of those flags will probably disappear for the weekend. You know, Trent's flag will probably disappear. Good chance Ronaldo's flag will also disappear. So just because a player has a flag, you know, straight away, I think our brains think, oh, that's that's not good. They're going to miss out. But more than likely, especially when there's been a long break, most of those players will be fine. So don't assess the flags until Friday when quite a few of them will probably disappear after the press conferences. So, yeah, second wildcard. My short answer is I don't really like it because of the uncertainty. Uh, if you can at all hold off a little bit longer and just try and soldier through, yes. But again, if your team is a complete train wreck at the moment, you know, go for it. We, we know which teams have got extra games coming up, you know, your Tottenham's and teams like that. So you probably can. But I think the most important thing is if you're wildcarding this week, don't get blinded by double game week 22. Your wildcard is a long-term decision. Make sure you're buying players that you want long-term and don't, you know, don't go for 15 players who've got two games this week. You know, don't get tunnel vision. Think longer term with the wildcard. Question from Pedro. Pedro, someone who will be hitting the wildcard this week. What are some of the must-have players for the double that I will want to keep long-term? So I like Pedro's question here because he's already thinking long-term. So if I was making a wildcard squad this week, some of the players that would be in it, straight away, forgetting about the double game week, Trent and Jota would be in there, even though they've only got a single game week. They've got good fixtures. Cancelo would be in, even though he's got Chelsea this week. I like him long-term. I would probably have one of Bowen or Antonio. Probably Bowen, because I think there's good options in attack in terms of forwards when it comes to the double game week. So I'd lean towards Bowen over Antonio at the moment on a wild card. I think the Ronaldo Kane front two looks good for a double game week. Now that Son is out and Salah is away, we can justify having two premium forwards on a wild card, and you can always change that later. You know, maybe you change one of Ronaldo or Kane to Salah when he's back in two transfers. I think I would probably have a Watford forward in a wild card this week, King or Dennis, depending on your personal preference. Personally, I prefer King because he's got the better underlying statistics and he's got the penalties, and also Dennis has that slight injury concern. David De Gea, I think, is probably a pretty easy pick for wildcarders because he's got extra fixtures, he's got a double game week, uh, and unlike Ramsdale, he doesn't have any blank game weeks coming up. So I like David De Gea for wildcarders this week. Uh, even if United don't keep clean sheets, he's going to make lots of saves. He, you know, he's a top class goalkeeper and he has been making lots of saves. So you can get those, you know, four pointers quite often even if Manchester United don't keep a clean sheet. Although, good to see us keep one against Aston Villa in the Cup, although it was another disappointing performance, and Aston Villa you know, probably should have won that game. Uh, I would also have a Spurs defender on a wildcard this week. Again, comes down to personal preference. I think the wing-backs are the place to go. Regulon, I like. Emerson Royale. Royale was another player who came up in that bonus points podcast this week. You know, he, he's, he's very good for that because he puts in a lot of crosses, even though his deliveries are not always great. He racks up bonus points for that. So I'm slightly leaning towards probably Emerson Royale now if I do buy a Tottenham defender this week. I think Regulon's great as well. And I even think the boring picks like Sanchez and Dyer and Davis are also fine. I think they should provide good value in the double game weeks and long term as well. But yeah, probably would lean towards getting Regulon or 
Emerson Roy Al. Also, I think the most important thing if you're wildcarding, you've got to have a Salah plan. You know, he's going to be back game week 24. You're going to want him back in straight away. So make sure you build a squad that makes it easy to get him back. You don't want to spread your cash around too much and make it really, really difficult to get Salah back in. So that should be your, probably your number one priority on a wild card is ask yourself, how am I going to get Salah in game week 24? Question from FPL Peralta. With the rearranged fixture of Newcastle versus Leicester being postponed again, do you think it's prudent to withhold from using any chips until things settle down? Yeah, my short answer is yes. If your team is in any way decent, just keep the chips for later in the season when things should be a lot calmer. It's good to see that the Premier League testing for COVID for the last two game weeks has has dropped. The numbers of positives have dropped. If that continues, you know the you know the last two or three months of the season should be a lot more straightforward for us FPL managers. So yeah, I've got all my chips. I'm just sitting on them all until things become clearer. In terms of bench boost. I don't think you can play a bench boost these days because if one game gets postponed last minute, your bench boost is wasted. So I, I just, I would just keep that for later. And triple captain as well. I just think keep it for when things are more reliable. And Salah is going to have at least one, if not two, double game week. So I think it's an easy decision. Just keep the triple captain chip for Mohamed Salah. Question from Josh: Who are the best Youngman Son replacements this week? So I've had a look at my watch list, and again, what I'm thinking, I've got Son. I'm going to sell him, but I'm kind of looking at that spot with Salah in mind. So I probably want to turn Son into Salah in a couple of game weeks' time. So maybe go for someone short term, free up some cash, and then hopefully turn whoever that player is into Salah in a couple of game weeks' time. So always keep the Egyptian king in mind for the next couple of transfers. In terms of Son replacements, I quite like Bruno Fernandes as a punt for the double game week. He's been very disappointing this season. But still a good player, got good fixtures and always has a possibility of taking penalties, although I think Ronaldo will be on them if he's on the pitch. So, you know, if you've got a little bit of extra cash in your bank and you're selling Son, you know, maybe go to Bruno because most people won't be able to afford him. And if it pays off, excellent. You've got a brilliant differential. And if not, you can always maybe move Bruno to Salah in a couple of game weeks time. Mason Mount I like as well, although the fixtures could be a little bit better for Chelsea in the double. And they've got the blanks coming up as well. So if you're buying Mason Mount, it's a short-term move. Leicester midfielders, you've got Madison, Tielemans. I also think you've got Harvey Barnes and you've got Lukman. Obviously hard to predict how they will set up. It sounds like Daka could be back soon. So that probably is one less midfielder to pick from, from the Leicester midfield. I would just go Madison. I think he's the best pick. I think he's up to his game recently as well. Trossard as a short-term punt, very much like Mason Mount. Jorginho also falls into that category. And then you've got the players who don't have a double game week. If you're selling Son, if you don't have Jota, just get Jota. You could also just get a Manchester City midfielder, even though they've got Chelsea this week. But then they've got three very nice fixtures. So Phil Foden is one of the players top of my shopping list. At the moment, I'm looking to buy him. Not this week, the week after. But I think it would be totally fine to get him this week. And it's something I haven't ruled out doing myself. Although I probably will go for a double game week midfielder and then replace them with with four in the week after. I still like Jared Bowen if you don't own him. And I also like Rafinha, who's got good fixtures and Leeds have, have got some players back now as well. So there's a few options. Um, I'm probably leaning towards a double game week midfielder, maybe a Leicester midfielder or Trossard, and then replacing that player with Foden the week after. Question from FPL Swanson. Should we be looking at Wolves defenders? And if so, which one is your preference? So looking at the Premier League table, Wolves have conceded just 14 goals. 
I think they've only scored 14 goals as well, so they've got a zero goal difference at the moment. Wolves are the second best defence in the league behind Manchester City. If you look at goals conceded, Manchester City have conceded just 13, Wolves 14. If you go a little bit deeper though, I'm not in a huge rush to get a Wolves defender. First of all, my favourite one is away at the African Cup of Nations, Roman Saiz. I think he's always got decent goal threat in addition to the clean sheets. I was on fbref.com today, which is it's, it's become the best website, in my opinion, for FPL managers for stats. In terms of XGA on fbref, now considering Wolves are second for goals conceded, they're actually in eighth place for XGA, which to me is a more reliable metric. They've conceded 14 goals, but they've been expected to concede 24.8 goals. So there's a big disparity there. And we, we could expect a, a, you know, a bit of a regression there and maybe a few more goals conceded from Wolves in the coming game weeks. I also don't love the fixtures for Wolves. Short term, Southampton and Brentford is good. But then it's Arsenal, Tottenham, Leicester, West Ham and Palace. Those five teams... I would fancy to score against Wolves, even though Wolves have been defending well this season. Arsenal, Tottenham, Leicester, West Ham and Palace all have good attacking players who I would fancy to score against Wolves. So short term, maybe it's okay. But yeah, I'm probably not going to be buying a Wolves defender. Saiz is away, which also weakens the defence. And I think he's the best one. Cody and Kilman, they're very boring. I think they're fine for your bench, but I wouldn't really want to be playing them too often because there's there's no goal threat really. Both players have scored one goal each. Semedo is probably the best option. He's a little bit more expensive. I think he's 4.8, but he's got zero attacking returns this season. And I would avoid Marsal and Eight Nuri because once Saiz comes back, Marsal and Eight Nuri are probably competing for the left wing back position. While Saiz is away, Marsal will probably slot in as a left centre back. Eight Nuri will probably come in. The thing about Marsal as well, he's, he can play on both sides, you know, and he could threaten Semedo. Although, although I do think Semedo is pretty safe. He's played the majority of minutes this season, but there is a lack of attack and returns there. So for me, it's a no on Wolves defenders. Maybe as a bench option, that's about as far as I would go. But I wouldn't really want to be starting them too often. I think there's I think there's better options out there. And when we've got Trent, when we've got Concello, when we've got double game week defenders, it's quite hard to fit these guys in. Question from Mark White. Given all the uncertainty, I'm thinking of keeping Salah to save transferring back in. What are your views? Yeah, I think this is I think this is okay now. If you've still got Salah to this point, if you kept him this long, you've probably lost a bit of value. Not that that matters in my book. But if you've, if you've kept him this long, he's only going to miss two more games. So before you know it, he's going to be back. And if you want to sell him now and get him back, it's two valuable transfers that you could possibly use elsewhere. So if you don't mind having a very expensive Salah on your bench for the next two game weeks, then I think it's perfectly viable to keep him. Save yourself the two free transfers and then you don't have the headache of, you know, wondering how you get him back in. So it really depends on your on your current team. If, you're, if your team is, is pretty strong without Salah, if he's on your bench and you can still get a strong 11 out, then I, I think it's it's perfectly viable to keep him. And it's probably what I would do now if, if I still had him at this point. Question from Bruce Wayne. Good to see Bruce Wayne play in FPL. If I have Salah and Son, should I hold Salah and use Son for replacement? So yeah, I think quite a few people are in this scenario. There's a few questions on it. If you own Salah and Son, I think given that Son's injured, the easy transfer out is Son. I know some managers will sell both, which I think is okay as well. But if, you, if you're only looking to sell one of them and you want to avoid taking too many hits this week, I would sell Son first. And yeah, just keep Salah until he's back. I think Son has, has kind of forced your hand there on that one now. Question from Andrew John Porter. Is Dallow worth 
keeping. Yeah, Dallow's a tricky one. A lot of people got him a few weeks ago. Then Juan Bissaka came back into the team. Dallow played in the FA Cup game and he was he was okay. I'm not going to say he was amazing because none of the Manchester United players were amazing. So Dallow, if you have him, he's got a double game week. You've got to keep him and hope for the best that he's first choice again now. So yeah, I don't think he's worth selling. You know, keep him for the double game week and then maybe look to move him on after that if he doesn't start both those games. Even if he starts one game, you know, you could get something from him. So yeah, I think probably better to use your transfer elsewhere. You know, maybe selling a player who's got one game this week for someone who's got two games rather than selling Dallow who's got potentially two games for a double gaming player. So yeah, I would reluctantly hold on to him and then look to sell him afterwards. Final question I will tackle is from Antec99. Do we keep Foden or sell him? I would definitely keep him. You know, I'm looking to bring him in and give me 23. I think if you have him, you keep him. I know there's temptation there to remove him for a double gimmick player, but you're going to want him back. Chelsea next for Man City, but then it's Southampton, Brentford, Norwich. Three excellent fixtures. If you've got Foden, keep him. Obviously, depends on what Pep says about him on Friday, but if it's positive, just keep him, and I'll probably just start him against Chelsea because he is a fantastic player. Manchester City, best team in the league. So yeah, absolutely, I would quite happily play Foden rather than buying a double gimmick midfielder to replace him. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. On to Double Gaming 22 captaincy now. I put a poll on Twitter last night. It received 8,000 votes. So this gives us an idea of what people are thinking in terms of captaincy for the double. Four options, Ronaldo Kane, a Watford striker or Madison. So there, as you would expect, Ronaldo returned 42.5%. He came out on top. But we need to wait and see what Ranić says about him on Friday. I think I put this poll up before the Manchester United team news broke. So I think the votes that came in later in the evening and today will have skewed it. I think less people would have voted Ronaldo because he's got the yellow flag now. And that might have skewed it. So I think Ronaldo's percentage might have been even higher, maybe towards 50% if he didn't miss the game last night. Kane got 25.4%. A Watford striker got 20.7% and Madison got just 11.4%. So interesting to me to see quite a few people are going to captain Dennis or King, which I think is fine because they've got the best fixtures of the double game week of all these players. Harry Kane, great option as well. Got a good record against Arsenal Leicester. Although I do think Son being out does weaken the Tottenham attack, but I still think I still fancy Kane to do well in the double game week. And I, I think Ronaldo's the best option just by default. You know, I think I think Son was the best option before he got injured. But I now think Ronaldo is the best option. I think United's fixtures are better than Tottenham's. And you know, Ronaldo, again, another player who does very well in the BPS system if he scores, which, you know, if he's got penalties, he can Ronaldo can have the two worst games of his career and he could still walk away with two goals from the double game week from the penalty spot. Or a tap-in goal like he got against Burnley recently. So I think I'll be on Ronaldo if Ranić's comments are positive. And they've been positive already. He, he said, I think he said today, players like Ronaldo, Sancho and Phil Jones, he said they're not injured, but they've got muscular issues. So to me, it's 
maybe a bit of fatigue. There's nothing major. And I expect Ronaldo to come out and play, given what we've heard already. But very important to watch the press conference on Friday. So yeah, Ronaldo, best option for me. I think Kane is probably second best. And then I'd put a Watford striker third, depending on which one you own. In terms of transfers for Double Gamey 22, I've only got one free transfer. Before Son's injury, the plan was to sell Brogia for King and Bernardo Silva to a double game week midfielder for a minus four, with a view then to getting Foden in game week 23 to replace that double game week midfielder. My plans are going to change now because Son's injured, so Bernardo will probably survive. Brogia will go for King or Dennis for sure, and I'm leaning towards King, as I have done all season, so I'm probably going to stick to my guns on that one. I need to have a think about how Salah comes back in, so that will be a factor in my decisions this week as well. And most certainly, I won't be playing any of my chips in the double game week. So Broja to King, very, very likely. Then I just need to decide where to go from Youngman Son. Very likely to be a double game week midfielder. Most likely Madison at the moment, but I'm going to weigh up the likes of Trossard and those guys. And then, all being well, Foden will probably come in in game week 23. But like I said, I need to factor in Mr. Salah. Best of luck for the double game week, folks. I'm not sure if there will be a Friday episode this week with there only being three or four hours between the end of the press conferences and the FPL deadline, but keep an eye on my Twitter, at FPL General, for updates on that. If you missed it last week, check out the first episode of the Elite Manager series with FPL Heisenberg. It's a really good podcast. Episode two, which is with Abdul, aka FPL Salah, who I'm sure you will all know from Twitter, that one will be released in the near future. If you enjoy the podcast and you'd like to support me as a full-time FPL content creator and get access to more weekly podcasts, check out my Patreon at patreon.com forward slash FPL general. For the price of a coffee, you can support a guy loving his dream. Talk to you soon, folks. The Athletic.